So welcome back to The Graveyard Shift. I'm Nathan Rouse. And I'm James Pugh. We're on location this week. <laughs> um, we've left the comfort of our offices in Jackfield and we found ourselves behind bars at Shrewsbury Prison. Um, and we're delighted to be joined by the owner, Joel Campbell. Thanks, Joel, for joining us. Um, I'd like to say, um, it can't be the first ever podcast recorded in a prison cell because we're now not in a cell. I'm sorry to, ah. to break that for everybody. There can't be too many. There can't be too many there's, podcasts. There's, there's, it's a handful. He's going to ruin it for us now, I think probably our own, but we've never recorded one in this cell. We've just never... That's yeah, a first. We've we just never used it. <laughs> we'll take it, so, yeah, we'll take um, it. That's a first. We've, we've certainly had news, uh, news agencies come, so okay. ITV, BBC, Channel 4 and stuff, and they've recorded um, various news news pieces inside the cells. And normally that's what happens. The presenters will go into the cells right, okay. and they'll go, can we have the bit where you shut the door and then of course, shut, shut yeah. the flap? And <laughs> as if you're locking us in. And I think people have been put in so many times for crimes against journalism. Especially it's the sun. We did a little piece to camera there where we were sort of lying down in bed, washing faces, you yeah. know, those sorts of things. There's something quite amazing and uh, charismatic about being in a, in a prison because I guess most people never have ever seen inside one. That's, I can honestly say exactly. I've never seen inside one. That's literally the business plan. Yeah. There, right there. And it is, yeah. it's, it's, it's so bizarre, isn't it, that you kind of, when you think about a prison, you have that expectation of it you have the hollywood um yeah. Yeah. feel to it, what you ex what you think prisons look like and obviously how it's been maybe americanized or how tv and film makes it look um and you obviously never get to see inside it or people hope they will never get to see inside them <laughs> and then suddenly there's an opportunity to go and actually visit one and wander around but not in the sense of how some attractions would be done where they've turned the whole thing into a museum in sense it's very much just as it was it's literally yeah. pretty much as prisoners walked out of here in 2013 yeah. and because we were talking about upkeep, we were saying, what's the upkeep? Yeah. Like, well, actually, I think he wants it to look shit. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of almost, it has sure to. You're <laughs> <laughs> kind of shabby. You've got to, you, you know, it's if you suddenly decked it out, if you suddenly cut Dingle the Floor's new furniture, yep. people are going, oh, is that what it was no, this like? No, this is know? prison chic. So yeah, this is um, <laughs> this is exactly how it would have looked. So the colours yeah. are actually the colours that the BBC painted it when they filmed Time. So one of the things oh, that the production okay. did when they when they came here was they wanted a very specific colour scheme. So they painted it. It's exactly how it would have looked as a prison. It's just the green mm. used to be a like a yellow. Right. Like okay. this, this this nasty yellow that's upstairs. So they painted yeah. two floors. And when they left, they were like, "Hey, you're going to paint this back over?" And we went, "Nope." No thanks. <laughs> they were like, thanks that's a really nice painting. Yeah. Can, can we do it? Like, <laughs> if you want to. And they were like, "Oh, I think we'll just leave it." So yeah. So what we do is now we just we just touch it up basically it's exactly as it is if you imagine 350 prisoners in here they'll be wandering around they'll be pushing up against walls they'll be scraping walls and stuff like that so paint does come off mm. it's a you know nearly a 200 year old building in that sense in parts of it so it has got that upkeep piece and our biggest challenge is we've got no heating at the moment okay. I mean, haven't done for the last eight years was, yeah yeah, yeah right. i thought this um, was just the temperature yeah no they, we've got no heating turned on and haven't had any Great. heating turned on for eight years so wow um, so a big question here about hiking energy prices that's, that's kind of part of the reason. I always, I always, say, great yeah. I always say to people about ghosts when they're, when they're looking for ghosts and they're kind of like, we want to see ghosts. I'm like, if you want to be scared when you're in prison, don't worry about the ghosts. I will just show you the utility bills every month. And <laughs> yeah, like, that's enough to scare people. We come on to ghosts um, later as well. So. Yes, yeah, so no, we'll pick them up. <laughs> Sorry, anyway. No, it's good. Carol. I'm interested actually just to think, you know, let's, let's go back to sort of school days and go, you know, when you're sitting with careers teachers and then, you know, Ford Wind. Yeah. And you, you're, you own a couple of prisons. Just quite interested in sort of when you suddenly thought this would yeah. be great, or whether that was just a, a this is part of an events. This was kind of part of a business plan. How, how prisons came about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I guess if I take it back to school very quickly, so I, I'm, I 
hated school, like absolutely hated with a passion. I'm a very, very natural entrepreneur, literally everything that you would think an entrepreneur is, is pretty much yeah. what, what, what I have. So school and me just never got on. I do whatever I could to avoid it. And I remember those careers meetings, as you're saying, and you'd fill out your questionnaires and they'd tell you, well, this is what you're gonna be. Um, and I know that Dustbin Men was on there and lots of, like, there was a chef that was on there, which is what I actually okay. went on to become. Yeah. So things that were very practical based um, because I was not academically, um, gifted at all um, so yeah so those kind of things were there or something to do with arts and things along those in terms oh, of not a prison drama. owner then no though. there was there was discussion because I was I was I prison was discussed yeah, well, <laughs> I don't because I played up a in lot in a positive way because you know in school you have the things like most likely to succeed most likely yeah, to be a president or prime minister most yeah. likely to go to prison and stuff like that and I think in the, in the prison <laughs> list my name was on that I was about third or fourth so I wasn't a top but my oh, yeah. name was definitely on that right. um, and then fast forward to 2008 2009, uh, 2008, sorry, um, and my wife um, was working as a psychologist. So she worked as a psychologist in Shepton Mallet Prison doing offender treatment programs. So she worked with sex offenders doing um, uh, victim empathy programs, CBT programs, sort of cognitive behavioral yeah. therapies, um, basically getting prisoners to look at their crimes, realize kind of what they've done wrong, and try and change their, their, their mindset okay. perspective around it. Um, so, so they were doing that, and at the time the prison was, it was a Cat C prison, and they were doing tour, they would do private tours of the prison for eight people at a time, for people going into the prison service, for probation workers, for people that were gonna be working with young offenders, for okay. people going to courts. As Anyone a familiarization. That, exactly yeah, that, okay. anybody that was gonna be working in the system could go onto one of these tours to go on a prison that wasn't deemed as dangerous because it was a cat see life as jail. Um, and you could go and see what it looks like in a prison, how it operates, and just learn all about the process and actually what, what offender management looks like. Um, and she got me on the back of one of these tours. So she, she basically got me invited onto one of these tours. So I went and did it. My first experience of going in and seeing where, where my wife <laughs> worked and kind of what it was like as well. real life yeah. prisoners walking down corridors with prisoners coming the other wow. way and going, So I'm sort of guy leaning against the yeah. back of the wall and they're doing the same thing. I'm like, Why are they leaning? <laughs> So it was really weird. But anyway, so I was going through that journey and it was just fascinating. I went through it for about an hour and a half, two hours, and I was just like, this is absolutely brilliant. I was like, you could turn this into a tourist attraction tomorrow. Mm. Wow. Yeah. You just have to get rid of the prisoners. Like that's, <laughs> that's the thing to do. Um, and that was it. And it just kind of went to the back of my oh. head as, as an entrepreneur. Like I have a thousand ideas a day and they literally, some of them stick, some don't. And yeah. some just sit in the back of my head. So it just sat in the back of my head. And then in 2013, when the MOJ announced they were gonna close seven prisons, um, and that's that's where they were. So we're going to close seven prisons. Was that they, your wife's prison was what? Yeah, 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 so yeah, so one of the ones as well. Okay, so Shepton, Mallet, Shrewsbury, Gloucester, Kingston, Dorchester, Reading, and Peterhead. So those okay. were the seven. Um, they were going to close those down. Um, re, 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 um, uh, sell them on and obviously yeah. move the prisoners. So at that point, I sort of looked and went, oh, I'm kind of, I was in a difficult situation at the time. My first company had failed. I was 82,000 pounds in debt. I was kind of working for another company that had bought my company out for a yeah. pound, just trying to kind of make ends meet yeah, and just trying okay. to keep our head above water. And at the time I was taking on different ideas. My entrepreneurial flair was very much flying. I was just throwing different things at the wall and seeing what would stick. Um, and the prison came up and I thought, oh, you know what? I'm just gonna put a bid in to buy this. 
and that's kind of how it started, really. Oh, okay. um, so you yeah, must have so heard about. It. You must have got the, that on the QT, I guess, from your wife to say this is being. No, it was national. Was no, it no, no, we, okay. we knew before the officers. So when we okay. speak to the officers here, I mean Graham, I can hear him downstairs running a tour at the moment. So he was an officer here, and they all got told at the um, at the end of December before they went on uh, before Christmas sort of happened. All the prison all the prison officers were told, "Don't worry, our prison's not closing." Shepton was the same. Here was the same. Don't worry, we're not closing. It's just rumours. Yeah, yeah. They came back um, to work beginning of January. They stopped work, but they came yeah. back beginning of January, and they said, "No, we are being closed." Wow. And then the next day, they started shipping prisoners out. And within okay. a month and a half, they shipped out all the prisoners, stripped the prisons, closed the doors, and then started the sale process. Um, mm, so, okay. and the staff found out the same time as everyone else, pretty much through the media. Um, I remember the story actually. Yeah, the story. Yeah, right, okay. really big. Yeah. And is that is, is that was the price ever? publicised in terms of how much no, they were, they were never asked well the, the sale prices when they went for sale were never asking prices they were never put up as a price Fine. it was making okay. offer effectively yeah, okay. so Shepton for example so I knew that the way Shepton I knew the way the prisons were going to work and the way they'd been structured and they had a really good agent working on behalf of the MOJ who's, who's a, a massive international company okay. and they put together a really good um, sort of memorandum if you will and I am um, and they had lots of different Purcells did some work around there as well in terms of what can the prisons be used for um, and a lot of it was based around housing I could see that, that was kind of the structure right. housing or hotels yeah. that's yeah. what had been done in the past that yeah. was what it was potentially going to work see what happens here now sounds like a riot it sounds is. like are the, Jack are we all okay with Jack, are we okay with being sort of super directional? Is that okay? Do well, we you're, to you're block probably, we'll probably have to give out? us ourselves a five-minute break while he chats. <laughs> no, don't worry, we can let so him we chat. We can catch him yeah, on the mics anyway. Yeah, you can, 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 let you him can catch chat. him. We'll, we'll, get get him him we'll let him go and then we'll kick back <laughs> in if you're happy with Come on, you can be loud. <laughs> I was just talking about you. <laughs> I was this just Graham? talking about you. Is this Graham? Legend in his own lunchtime. Graham, is it a lot easier now? No, it's not. Is it? Are these just as bad? Sometimes colleagues... No, College kids are just. Are they all right? Yeah, good guys, good guys. Yeah. You dropped to drop the cosh this time. <laughs> well, you worked in prisons for 38 years. 38 you? years, yeah. Different countries. You different countries, right? Yeah. Okay. Australia for about six years, yeah. How do they differ? Uh, carry guns. <laughs> yeah. It's not like the American system, you just carry guns. It's, yeah. It's weird. Ever used a gun? Uh, yeah, not in anger, no. No. No, no. Right, okay. No. Carry gun. Yeah. Ruger 223, Smith & Wethel pistol, pump and shotgun, up on the towers. Greatest job in the world, that one, because yeah. you're just away from all the bloody trouble and you've got the gun, haven't you? <laughs> and, now, and now all Graham's carrying now is an oat latte. Yeah, Fly down, boys. Are you about to do healthcare? Are you heading up? I can do it. Okay, so I'm just going to do it here. You film me here, yeah? Yeah, we just okay. gonna, yeah, we just did a. a, a I can do. I can do saving and popping and do this when they come back to the cafeteria. Is that all right? Yeah. Cool. Were there many riots at Shrewsbury? No. No. No, we didn't. I do. The only time I remember a sitting, what they call a sitting in the yard. Yeah. We had the old exercise yard was up there where the gym used yeah. to be, where the gym is now, and they were walking around. There's only two officers here, about hundred prisoners out there. And they just wandered around, they mostly walked around like that. It was a yeah. lovely afternoon. It was about coming up for about quarter past four, time for prisoners to come in to get locked up, ready for yeah. the evening meal. So I stand in the yard, I just opened the door, I say, okay, fellas, let's have you all back. Not you guys, you're right. See, that's wrong, we just control. control. I love this job. I said, okay, man, let's have you all back in. And the first two walked, <laughs> just walked past me and they kept going. So everybody else 
just kept going, and I thought, hey, oh, I'm shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be one of this days, because it was a really hot day. Right, so they right. walked around, and I said, lads, come on, that's why it's time for your meals, time for my meal. And they went round again. So I thought, and I got on the radio, and I said, you might need to have a few staff here in a minute, but I'm just going to do one more thing. So I stepped in right in the middle, because I noticed the prisoners were in there. I said, listen to me, fellas, you're nearly all threes prisoners on here, off the threes. Yeah. I said, uh, if you don't come in now, I said, I'm your officer on the threes tonight. You'll want to come out to go to the gym. Yeah. You'll want to come out to make your phone calls, won't you? Yeah. But I'm going for my tea, and I will <laughs> fucking well come back and tell you about exactly. my tea. Yeah, so yeah, the choice yeah. is yours, guys. Yeah, and one yeah. of them said, ah, we're only bought, we're already at the on, boss. Uh, uh, okay. Do they? Do? Yeah. Do they? Games. Yeah. yeah. Bit of heat though, stir crazy. You know, I guess the heat does make people go a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The staff get to it. They're all right. Oh, We're just doing a, a podcast quickly, um, or quickly, or we're quick with me talking. You're already on. Um, <laughs> so we'll play. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk about uh, we'll quick like that. Uh, but it's interesting when you were just, you know, just about entrepreneurial journeys right. as well, though. There, My because group. in the midst of kind of going, yes, you said business was on the skids. Yeah. yeah. 80 grand in debt, yeah. but you've still got loads of business ideas, mm-hmm. which is amazing, yeah. really, because lots of people are just head in their hands going, I can't see a way out, yeah. I'll be a shelf stacker or a lorry yeah. driver or whatever, but go back to the bin man. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and do you know what? I was thinking about this very same thing the other day, literally two days ago as I was driving in, because I was thinking about where I am now, what I'm trying to do next, and where I'm trying to go, and how I'm trying to build the, 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 the Cove Group brand and, and what that's looking like. And, and I was kind of looking at it, I was like, why, why am I struggling? Why have I kind of almost lost a couple of gears or kind of stopped or why is it stagnated? Where's, where's that problem? And I was trying to figure it out. And some of it is that comfort because you, because I don't have to come to work anymore if I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. I, I could stop tomorrow yeah. and I'd be okay probably for the rest of my life. And my kids would probably be okay mm. as well. So there's that kind of going, actually, I tend to work better under pressure yeah. and I tend to fire far more when I'm under that kind of pressure. Yeah. But it's, it's about the type of pressure. Right. And I think back then, what, what was happening for me was, you know, and again, it was, it was a really bad time. We had bailiffs bang on the door and they, we just had our second child. They were threatening to take like the car that was wow. clapped out. With, it was in my wife's name, so they couldn't. And they wanted to come in and sort of like, you know, see what they could take. Could they take sofas? Could they take TVs? And it was, it was really bad. Oh, and I was okay. just trying to do what I could to keep us kind of going and pay back the debt and sort of looking at it. I remember speaking to the bank and having a conversation with the, with the guys from Lloyd's. And I was saying to them, I was like, look, you know, the way that I'm paying this debt back, you might, you should write this off effectively because this is gonna take me, it was something crazy. It was like, like 400 years or something stupid to pay it back. Cause the amount that they said, well, just pay like a pound or something. Yeah, okay. Like so it was, it was tiny, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah. tiny. And I said, look, you might as well just like call this because I haven't got the money and like, you're not gonna get us back. And he went, you haven't, and the guy just went, he went, you haven't got the money now, but you might do one day. And I was like, wow. And I kind of put the phone down going, this guy's got so much faith in me. He's never even met me. Um, but he was right because yes. I did. And eventually, you know, it took, it took a couple of years, but eventually I did have the money and I did pay back all of the debt. And I was like, wow, that guy was absolutely right. right Somebody okay. in that bank is quite smart. That's yeah. gone. They might not have it now, but eventually they will. I really like that. Um, yeah. And what were you? Were you in your 20s at this point? Is I was... Um, I was 20, yeah, this would be in 2013, so I was just 29. Yeah. Uh, 29 coming into my 30s. So it's very daunting in your um, 20s, experiencing yeah, something like that. I think, you know, we were... Just the two kids was disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it was, but I think, I think even now, like, when you look at it, I, I, 
I'm very aware that we've got employees and, I, I, and I've got friends and people that are really struggling with cost of living and I speak to um, customers quite regularly, but certainly I'm aware of it with the employees. I'll have conversations with employees and I'll certainly hear some of the conversations. They'll be talking about how the struggles that they have and I'm going, wow. Like, it's not that long ago I had the same things, but I don't have them anymore. So trying to sort of keep grounded yeah, 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 yeah. is a bit of a challenge. And yeah. then when you when you then take the other side, where you're with people that just don't have those kind of concerns. Um, so, yeah, so it, it, it is a bit of a sort of double-edged sword in that sense. But, um, yeah, so yeah. that's what it is. And, and like I say, sort of, Graham just obviously came across. So um, yeah. I think coming back, Perfect coming back, coming back to the prison. Yeah. So yeah. the way that worked is I, I saw that um, everything was stacking up effectively. It was like housing or hotels. And they were kind of following the Mal Mays on the Oxford yeah. prison model. Mm, yeah. um, and I knew that's not what I wanted to do. I, I saw Shepton Mallet prison very much as kind of almost a charity setup, or certainly something that could do loads of educational tours. Education was mm. going to be a huge piece of it. I saw it very much as a corporate facilities so like a corporate trade facility people doing like one two-day residentials yeah. and such like that I knew there was a um, some work some positioning for um, ghost tours I knew there was a market there of some sort and I'll, I'll show you how naive I was on that in a sec but I knew there was something there and I knew we could do guided tours similar to mm. the, what I'd seen so that was kind of my my baseline so yeah. I took a different approach instead of filling out this one-page document which was very much built for developers this is what we're going to do this is how much we're, we're bidding to buy it for this is how we're going to fund it and this is you know what it's going to look like yeah, down okay. the line so I took an opposite approach and I put together a 70-page dossier which basically was a really in-depth business plan of how I'm going to do this from start all the through to finish why it's going to be amazing why it's going to work okay. why it's going to be fantastic I backed it up with some financials and then I there's this guy at the bank who's really <laughs> liked me he's convinced I'm going to pay back he'll yeah that was kind of part <laughs> of problem. Um, and then what I did was I knew again I had to position it in in a in in in, a, in the right way, effect. I had to compete with these other developers, and some of these guys are hundred million pound plus yeah, 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 development companies. They're big companies. Um, uh, so what I did was I, I managed to club together about three hundred and fifty quid, and I had a friend who worked at um, solicitors. I won't say who it was because he'll probably get in trouble. Um, <laughs> and basically, I, I paid them three hundred and fifty quid to be my PO box, and they sent Great, yeah. the document into the MOJ and kind of like, oh, here's our client, and mm. we're we're doing this. So at least it gave that. Um, pretense, I guess, of going, these guys are serious. Yeah, yeah. And we made it to the final three bidders. Um, I bidded a pound to buy the site because I was like, it's a liability, yeah, there's no asset here, and that's exactly how it was seen. Um, so I bidded a pound to buy the site, um, got to the final three, and unfortunately, we didn't we didn't win it, and they, they came back and said, oh, we're not going to give it to you. And they gave me a different, they gave me a reasoning behind it, which sounded fair at the okay. time. I, I found out that's probably not the real reason down mm. the line, but that's kind of what they said. I was like, you know, that's fair. We haven't necessarily got the experience and how are we going to finance it? And, you know, there's yeah, concerns okay. about does the model work? No one's ever done it. We're not sure. You know, the professionals are saying that this isn't potentially a thing. Um, so at this point, no former prisons were no, used nothing. for anything uh, like Alcatraz this? Alcatraz was the only one. Yeah. Um, so Alcatraz wow. was basically it. Um, so that was happening, and I thought, I'm just, there's just something here, and it was, I wouldn't give the bit up. I was like, it's in between my teeth, I'm just going to keep pushing. So MOJ wouldn't tell, say, who had purchased it. They wouldn't They wouldn't announce it for a okay. few months. So I thought, I'll, I'll preempt it. So I drew up a list of five companies, I think it ended up being five or six companies in the UK that were heritage property developers in kind of like the housing sort of world. Yeah, okay. And I thought, I'm just going to cold email them all. Um, and that's what I did. And I went through the process of looking, right, who's the CEOs, who's the MDs, who's the directors, who, who looks after land or property. And then I 
basically went through a format of trying to figure out what that email address system would look like. Is it their first initial <laughs> dot surname, first name, surname? Because every yeah, company has their own style. Yeah, yeah. So I did that, sent out loads of emails, loads of like nonsense coming back. And eventually I got to a guy called Trevor Osborne, who was the guy that had actually bought Oxford and did the Malmaison. Oh, so he's yeah. the he's the the I would say the genius yeah, behind that concept. So he's the he's the benchmark standard still for conversions. And he emailed me back and he said, Hey, um, nice to hear from you. I didn't buy and I looked at it, but we didn't. We decided against it. He goes, but I did just buy Shrewsbury Prison. Did you want to come and have a look at that? I didn't even know Shrewsbury existed at the time. Um, so I went and met with him, and we had a chat. And he was just like, "Hey, what are you trying to do?" And he's a, he's again is a is a natural entrepreneur. And, and someone said once that we were cut from a very similar cloth. We just don't see barriers. We just see kind of that mm -hmm. end piece. And um, so I went and had a conversation with him, and he said, oh, I really like the idea. Well, I'm not going to do anything with the shows for a year because we're going to convert it into student accommodation and housing. Mm -hmm. It's going to sit there for a year empty because we've got to go through planning. So come and have a look. If you want to take it over, you can have it for a year effectively. And, and, and that, was, that was that. So I came up, had a wander around, turned up, met him here, went for a wander around for about half an hour, 40 minutes. And he was like, what do you think? And I went, yeah, we'll, we'll take it. He went, okay, well, that's fine. Just work out with like my PA some of the final details and you can, you can have it. And that was in, that was in May, like mid-May. So about this sort of time, eight years ago. And um, by July, I was here with the keys. Um, and it was a really weird journey as well. I mean, Trevor's, Trevor's a lovely guy, but just has so much faith in kind of just letting me do it. That's and, unbelievable. You must have been believable because he wouldn't have done it if he'd have so. thought, who's this? Well, yeah. No, do you know what, my, I've just, I, I haven't written. I had someone else help me write my book and it's, it's going to come out in the next sort of couple of weeks and there's, there's some bits in there that I need to let him know because I haven't told him yet. <laughs> Things like he didn't know I was £82,000 in debt. So no, he saw, you know, a, 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 a guy that came from a similar area to him that, you know, was relatively well-spoken, could articulate, had a vision. Mm -hmm. And I think he looked drive. at that, yeah, I think he yeah. looked at that kind of went, oh, this, this guy's got something off, and off he went. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but then that, that pays dividend because I, I try and take a very similar approach. I look at people and go, oh, do you know what? I'm not sure what's there, but there's, you can just see there's something. Mm -hmm. um, so it's about just giving people opportunities, really. And um, yeah, so we did that. It was a really it was bizarre It a rental setup. model then. You rented the it was a, yeah, it was a, Yeah, it was a license, but yeah, okay. effectively. But it was really weirdly set up in the sense of... I, um, so I had, an, I had an, again, it's in the book, so I can talk about it now. But I, I sat down with Trevor and I, I presented, right, I'm going to, um, and he was in his early 70s, I think it is, at the time. And we sort of sat across the table, um, not quite like this, a very big oak table and, um, in his office. Um, and uh, bear in mind, this is, a, this is a big property developer. And um, I turned around to him, I said, well, you know, it's £12,000, that's what we're going to pay him rent. And he went, no, oh, £12,000 a month, that's all right. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Went, no, 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 for the year. For the year. Um, and at this time, still had all the debt. I didn't have any money to plough into this. I literally had to borrow money from my dad to have the petrol to drive up here in the first place wow. to actually look at it. So, um, so I was taking it all on complete risk. And I just looked at it going, well, I've got nothing to lose, so it can't get any worse effectively. Yeah. So we'll just keep going. And um, so he said, well, look, we'll work out the finer details. We'll do some kind of cost-sharing model. We'll get the rent to kind of like, you know, a, a couple of grand, and then we'll do um, uh, uh, sharing on the income effectively on, on, on the... On the um, money coming through the doors after like 15k or something along those lines so yeah. that that kind of made it sit for both of us um 
So he arranged it and I had a, an email saying, go up on this date, meet the custodian. Um, he'll give you the set of keys. He'll, he'll sort you out and set you up. So I turned up in beginning of July. I think it was around um, July 6th, 7th, something like that. And um, I met a guy outside. He went, you Joel? And I went, yep. Yeah. And he went, okay, here's the keys. And it was just two keys to the prison. <laughs> Not a lot of keys to a prison. Um, he goes, uh, the rest the keys. of them are... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, these are the keys. Do you know your way around? And I just sort of like, you know, think, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just show confidence. Like, yeah, yeah, I know my way around you. I've been here. I know my way around you. Brilliant. I'm off on holiday for two weeks. <laughs> if you need anything, when I get back, give me a call. And he just drove off and that was it. Wow. And I was like, okay, this no, is this is, happening. This, is, this is happening. So it's been like, really weird. It was, it was. Running. And, and you say, how big is the site? Three, uh, it's three and a half acres. So yeah, so and I, I walked <laughs> in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I walked into A-Wing, which is where we are now. But I walked onto the ones. And I, I, was, I was staying up here. I had one night here in a hotel. And I came up and I sort of walked in. I was like, wow. And I was sort of wandering around the building. I was like, this place is amazing. And as I walked onto A-Wing, it was like, it was daytime. It was like, I don't know, four in the afternoon. It was July. So it was really sunny, big, bright atrium. And um, I walked in. And I was just like, oh, I'm not sure I like this. And there was just this feeling of like, I'm actually really scared. But then I could start hearing noises. And I was like, did I really hear that? Did I not hear that? And your mind starts playing tricks. And I was like, okay. did I leave the door unlocked? Oh my God, how does, could someone else get in here? I suddenly realized the, the gravity. <laughs> I suddenly realized the gravity of like, yeah. God, did I lock the door? Oh my God. What? I was like, no, I don't like this. So I just left. I was like, I walked out, locked up, left. Went and stayed in the hotel. Came back the next day. I was like, oh God, I'm really going to have to figure this out. Um, and yeah, and then kind of went that <laughs> seventy-page dossier. Just all the plans. Yeah, oh, it was, but it was just. I knew what I was doing in my head. Yeah. I knew where I had to go with it. I was just trying to adapt super yeah, fast. And, and the fear was like, back then, maybe because that it was. But what, yeah, I'm yeah. interested also in what yeah. Mrs. Campbell is saying here at this point, um, because obviously. You know, you've got two she kids. Was, yeah, she was in some sort of Hey, why house. not take on some more money? Why not take on a prison? Um, <laughs> what was her? Yeah, yeah well, I think, you know, my, I've been with um, my wife and I, we met when we were, she was 20. Um, no, I was 20, she was 19. So we've been together for, this year we'll have been together for longer than we've been apart. Well, she will have been, so for her it's a milestone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and if you know me, it's a real milestone. <laughs> um, so yeah, so she, she just knew that I was always going to run a company eventually. She'd been okay. with me through my career growth. She'd been through me being extremely unhappy about where I was and wanting to run my own businesses and do that. She'd been already through all of the pain with me. Okay. So although it wasn't her natural way, I think she just had a unshakable faith and belief by that stage. And she probably potentially had as much faith in myself as I do. I don't think she can have more faith than I do in myself, but she's, but she's there. So... So she was just like, yeah, let's do it. What's the worst going to happen? It's fine. And we were like, we'll move out of our house in, Shrews uh, in Shepton in, in Somerset. We'll move up to Shrewsbury. We'll rent our house. We'll rent somewhere here. And we'll just kind of offset one against the other. Fine. And, you know, she was kind of itchy feet anyway. She wanted out of Somerset. So we're like, yeah, we'll try it. We'll, we'll just move to Shrewsbury. So um, the, really first, cool. the first yeah. month was a bit of a challenge because... It was that thing of how are we going to make it work? And when you start a business, it's, it depends on how you look at things, but it's all the, all the stuff you have to set up to get something going. When you set up a tourist attraction, I mean, if I was going to do this now from scratch, I would probably be putting, I don't know, 350,000, 400,000 into it, like seed capital yeah, to okay. get it moving. Yeah. And we were doing this with nothing, yeah. like absolutely nothing, next to nothing. Well, zero. Um, and the idea... And, 
at this point, was it just the tours you were going yeah, to start exactly. off doing? Yeah, exactly, just guided tours. So I was yeah. like, right, let's just run guided tours. We were about to get pop-up attraction. We're going to yeah. be here for a year. I was like, let's just run guided tours. We'll walk people around the building and go, hey, this is how it worked. Exactly yeah. what I'd seen in Shepton. Yeah. And that's it. And that's kind of it. Oh, and then we'll, we'll do like, we'll hire it to paranormal companies because they seem interested in it. So I was like, okay, well, we'll, we'll charge paranormal companies, for example, I think it was like 400 pounds a night, for example. And that's kind of it. And the first paranormal company that came in and I, and I met with them and they were like, okay, so let's talk about money. I said, yeah, so what are you thinking? And thankfully, my sales training kicked in. I was like, so what are yeah, you guys thinking? And they, were like, and they were like, well, then you're this size, you know, really, we'd be expecting to pay about £900 a night. And I was like, yeah, mm. that's pretty much what I was thinking. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking 1000 is probably yeah, yeah. the market rate, but maybe yeah. for the starting point, we'll do 900 And they were like, okay, well, if we could do that to begin with, and then we'll, we'll look at how that scales. And that set the pricing point for paranormals. It was an industry right. I knew nothing about. Right. I had no idea about it whatsoever. Did you have a figure in mind at all? Yeah, 400 quid. 400 quid. Like, yeah, yeah, 400 quid. Yeah. Um, and paranormal companies, we look at this now going, what's the thing? you say the first like, paranormal company, I don't know how many paranormal companies are out there. Oh, we've got 102 on our books, I think. Wow. There's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah, there's, it's, it's a massive industry. And that's all linked to the fact that there is... Ghosts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, par- paranormal, yeah paranormal, paranormal investigations. Yeah, exactly okay, that. So it's, it's a huge industry, massive. Wow. Um, and I, I didn't know really anything about it. So that was a big learning curve. Um, the guided tours was another one. And again, I, I talked about this in the book. And actually, I was chatting to Dom the other day at Shropshire Star because um, what had happened was we, we, we built a website, which we did on, on Wix. I'll give them a plug. Um, not that they need it. Um, <laughs> so, 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 uh, so, little Wix yeah, company. I, I, that's so I built a website on Wix, think host it for like seven pounds just so we could get their their brand off it um put together a brand jailhouse tours so it's like oh that's cool because mm. it is what it is on the tin um uh put together a um uh, a ticketing partner that we had to pay on sale of tickets so i was like that's okay use paypal as the plug-in at the back end to take the money and we just we just kind of put it out there onto facebook effectively and then dominic rang me from the shropshire star and i was chatting to him he said oh this is great you're taking this over it's brilliant um what are you going to do i said guided tours said, okay how much are tickets and i said well we're still deciding but between 10 and 1200 yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> how much how much are tickets i said well we're still deciding but between 10 and 12 pounds we're thinking oh Oh, that sounds a bit cheap. And I went, oh, do you think so? He said, yeah, Shrewsbury. I'd have thought £15 is about right. I went, funny you say that, Dominic, because actually we were just talking about that and we thought £15 would be about right. And suddenly there we went. And, and that's how green it was. That's literally how green it was. Yeah. Yeah. Five quid a ticket, commission. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty well, amazing. We'll call it three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he so, gets a good excuse very often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that was that was exactly it. Yeah, and I, was, I, I told right. him the other day, I was like, Dominic, I need to tell you this because it's going to be out in the books. So I, I thought I'd better let you know. And he was like, oh my God, I never knew this. I was like, yeah. Really cool. um, so, so we did that and we launched the website Dominic put a piece in Shropshire Star went out on Facebook and within the first within the first 12 hours we sold £17,000 worth of tickets and it just it just started going wow. and it just started churning um, and I was there going this is good because we've got insurance coming up which we need to pay which we didn't have we'd employed I'd employed staff by this point I had no money for payroll yeah. I had no money for the accountancy system I right. still had all this other debt yeah. and everything was just sort of mounting up I was like if this doesn't work like this is going to be bad and obviously then I had this faith from Trevor that it was all going to work and we had rents to pay and stuff yeah. like that um, and then utility bills 
which I didn't even contemplate. I was like, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how much can it cost to run a prison? Exactly. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so, that, so that started happening. Um, yeah. And then we were getting towards the, the end of the month. So getting towards, um, this was August, and we opened, and Graham started with us, and a couple of other officers that aren't with us anymore, they've since retired. And we, we just started going through the journey, and it, was just, it just kept going and going and going. We were running four tours a day, seven days a week, just full on. For and like one of the keys weeks. was having previous staff. Was that yeah. quite important? To have it was knowledge they, of how yeah. It Gra- and Graham is, and actually, you saw a very jovial side of him there. He's, he, 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 he's he, has, he has, he has numerous <laughs> different sides. Of him. Well, he, he, you know, when you sit down with him and talk about the prison system properly, he's fascinating. Like what he doesn't know just just doesn't exist. And we we recently did a show. Graham and Emma and I actually did a did a podcast show that we're going to release in the next couple of weeks called Life Behind Bars, and it's a ten part series. Right. And it's just us talking about an hour, yeah. just talking about stuff in prisons. And he's just so interesting. And the stories he's got are just unbelievable. Yeah. So he designed the tours and, and him and another couple of officers, they were wandering around, they were like, well, I think we should do this bit here and this bit here. And I kind of just left them to it because I knew roughly what I wanted to do and I knew how I wanted it to be portrayed. I knew I wanted guys in uniform. I knew I wanted them doing it as kind of as officers, but again, people you could ask questions to, like Yeoman from um, from, from the Tower, yeah, effectively. Exactly. So it was kind of, that was the mm. style that I was going for. And these guys just jumped into it from day one. I watched them on the very first tour. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And they just nailed it right. from the start. And five-star reviews started day one, mm. and they haven't they stopped. They haven't stopped. That's the thing about a sort of number one attraction now, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And, 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 you know, I have to hand it to our team. Um, I might have had the vision and taken the risk and done the push and all of that kind of oh. stuff, but these are the guys that, that execute it every single day give the pun but they are the guys that literally deliver every nice single link. day it's almost like you've answered um, our questions yeah and if, it, if it wasn't for them it wouldn't have worked yeah. um, and I guess the, the, the quick bit that I always sort of add in is when we started and it seemed like everything was going rosy and it, it was it started well we had our first production company coming in so that was going okay the issue was when we came up to payroll at the end of the first month um, PayPal froze our accounts because what they'd seen over a very short period of time was lots of small payments of yeah, okay. £30 pounds where people were buying like two tickets money. literally yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and it was service based as well so there was no products to ship so PayPal were like no don't like this this looks fraudulent so we're going to freeze your account we'll still take your money in Funny, but yeah. we're not going to let you pull any of it out and I had to jump through so many hoops and I think I got PayPal to release the money two days before payroll was due and just then we were able to stunningly start getting it going because no one sees that um, this is why I love these yeah. podcasts because no one sees yeah. the kind of the, the yeah. stress behind the scenes oh, sometimes was, the risk yeah. that you know they always go oh you know and people will cherry pick and point now to sort of successful business people they should pay more this they should do more that and yeah. you think well hold on a second he's taking on the risk he's got everything on the line you know and the, and the, and the, and the sort of proximity towards you know failure is so is so fine sometimes that line uh, yeah and, and I think quite regularly you, you, you're, the, you're the side of failure and you just keep pushing and pushing and pushing to bring it into a success yeah. and yeah it was frustrating because we had the money in the in in the paypal account we had the business working we had great staff but i had bills we had to pay and if we yeah. hadn't have paid them on time you know, we had staff that we had to pay, we had insurance that we had to pay. Yeah. If we hadn't have paid that, we wouldn't have been covered. Um, we had rents, we had utilities. So some of these things you can put off, but you can only do it for so long. Yeah. And it was frustrating to know that the money's actually there, mm. but we couldn't put our hands on it. And it was just like, it was just that kind of like, <clears throat> right. So, and that was it. And it, yeah, it just, it just started moving. And I think for the first, probably the first six months, um, 
it was pretty straightforward, pretty rosy. And we were kind of like, do you know what? This is a great pop-up for a year. My plan was do it for a year, earn as much money as we possibly can, pay off as much of the debt as we possibly can, um, of our 82 grand, and then ideally get back to zero. Um, and then do something else and then pick up something else. And that was the business model for the first year. Um, And that's how it started. Right. Fantastic. And is that the same? So obviously at some stage, either you bought Trevor out or Trevor had said, you know what, I'm not interested in running this as a thing anymore. Or was your proposition so successful or is he still part of the business? No, yeah, we bought them out. So if we fast forward a few years, so 2019, so they'd been going through the process of getting um, planning on it. Took them a couple of years in the end. Ah, so okay. what had happened during the time was they kept going, oh, actually, planning's not been approved. You know, we're going to have to go back through it again. We've got to change this. So do you want another six months? Do you want another couple of weeks? Do you want those? So we were expanding our contract almost on a six-monthly basis. Ah, okay. The challenge we had was we were on a license, and the license gave a 30-day notice period. So at any point, they could have just issued us 30 days notice, and, and we'd have been out. So we couldn't invest into the buildings, really. Um, that was part of the problem. So over the first few years, it was quite tricky just balancing it and we had the ebbs and flows of, of businesses and the winters were very quiet being tourism yeah. the summers were nice and busy so we had to we had to manage all of that trying to bring in new products and, and such like that but not really being able to invest because in theory we could have been out 30 days later yeah. also hard to take bookings for like later in the year or the year after yeah. um, so that was that was giving us issues and then in 2019, and it was, it, was, it was a horror story, it really was. And um, I came into work and I walked in and I, I normally always in first and I, I went into my office and that was fine. And then about 20 minutes later, a member of staff came in and they, they knocked on my door and I was like, you're all right? And they were like, well, thanks for telling us. And I was like, telling you what? And they were like, well, they're out of a job. And I was like, eh? And I was like, well, what? I don't know what you're yeah. talking about. And they were like, well, there's a for sale sign on the front of the building. I was like, no, there isn't. And they were like, there is, there's a massive for sale sign. I was like, crazy and I went outside and sure enough in like the 30 minutes from me arriving and them arriving the agents had turned up and put a for sale oh, sign wow. on the front of the prison I was like okay. what so I, I rang Trevor mm-hmm. and I was like Trevor what's going on there's a for sale sign building. He said, has no one told you and I told me what we're selling it he went, yeah. oh, I'm really sorry and he was super apologetic and I had a phone call from the rest of his team later that day so I'm really sorry and everybody had thought someone else had rung me yeah, to tell yeah. me and have the conversation and no one did so that was that was a shock oh, okay um, and we started having discussions with them about buying it through um, through the process, and we just couldn't afford it. The amount they wanted for the whole site, we couldn't afford it, and that kind of went on. So for the next year, um, we basically had different people coming in um, and looking at the prison to buy it. We had mainly developers coming in looking yeah. at it. We had some people looking very much at the back from an industrial perspective, okay. um, and they were looking at and and the first day when the agents turned up. And the agents turned around and said, oh, okay, so this is this is Joel. He's going to show us round. And I was like, what? Like, what? And, and I ended up taking these potential buyers round. <laughs> right. And I had to swallow a lot of... Yeah. Uh, I had to swallow yeah, this a is lot awful. Because, this is a real problem. Yeah. This is terrible here. Yeah, this no, is no, no, no. No, I wasn't. No, I didn't do it like that at <laughs> all. I, I, well, I was, no, I was looking at it going, well, these guys are selling it, so I need to try and get the person that's buying it to see the value that we bring. Mm. So I was taking the opposite. I was like, look, it's great having us here. This is brilliant. And there were developers kind of going, going, okay, well, look, if we bought it, would you would you be interested in taking the front on still, like renting the, the heritage oh. bits and still running? I was like, yes, we'd have to discuss numbers. I was like, this could work out all right because I just had no ability to buy it, the numbers yeah. I was talking about. It was not going to happen. Um, at the same time, I was kind of documenting this behind the scenes. And then we started getting people looking at it and we had someone come in who, who I did know from, from a previous event and they came in. They 
were really tough and they were like, so when you finish playing prison officer, we're going to do something real with this building. I was like, whoa, like, that's proper savage. And I had someone else come in sort of going, it's not a real business though, what you do, is it? I mean, it's not really a business. It's just kind of like, you know, showing people around an empty building. I know. And I was just like, this is hard, man. So I did that and I, I maintained this professionalism. Do you know what? If you're going to buy it, we'll ideally work with you. And I just got to a point where, do you know what? If you buy it and you want us to rent it and we can work out an agreement, we'll do it. And if you can't, we'll just close up shop and we'll do something else. And we had yeah. Shepton running by this point. So I was oh, like, okay. we'll, we'll just do yeah. something else. And I was just like, I'm not going to continue taking this. And then lockdown hit. Um, and as we came into lockdown, we had our busiest time ever in early February. It was the first January, February where we made money. Um, the February half term was rammed. We were doing like 800 people a day. So people weren't locked down enough. Just before lockdown, yeah, it was absolutely rammed. I mean, we were, we, in the February half term before lockdown, we were like, we've got this business model sorted. Like we absolutely knew what we were doing. The staff were flying. Both prisons were doing really, really well. One of our other businesses was moving. Things were clicking into place. Lockdown hit the first um, weekend in lockdown. So the Friday night it got announced. So we then had to close from the Saturday morning and we had £28,000 worth of refunds in just the first two days. Um, to give you an example of kind of how it was moving, and that was just at one prison. Um, so we were like, so that, that was obviously hit. But what we had done in the meantime was we'd been building up our cash reserves. So we had, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was around £670,000 in cash, like just sat in the yeah. bank, waiting for us to have the prison sold and then move on to do the next mm. thing, seed for something else. So we had, we had good cash in the bank, so it's like, it's fine. Everyone can get paid. We can refund the customers. We can, we can go through this. So that was, that was okay. And then during lockdown, the developers were like, we're really struggling to sell it. Not quite those words. Yeah. Um, but that was, that, was, that was what I got yeah. from them. So I just structured a different deal with them and sat down with Trevor and, and, and his partners and was like, look, you know, how about we separate the sites and we buy this bit and you keep this bit? And we did that. So I bought the front, took a massive risk on that. So basically the deal that we structured for the front which again, I'm, I'm quite happy talking about, is we structured a price which was one and a half million for, for the front, which was a valuation that I was happy with in terms of what our business was generating. It made sense. Yeah. The issue was I didn't have that much money and the banks were like, we're not lending this to you. Yeah. Um, and everyone was really nervous off the back of lockdown. Of course, it was yeah. still in, it's still in their face, effectively. It's the beginning of August. And um, the deal was that if we exchanged by the end of August, we'd have to pay a 200 grand deposit, non-refundable deposit, um, which is about 13, 14% something like of the total. Um, and then we then had a year and a half, so till basically the 21st of December, the year after, yeah. okay. to complete. Yeah. And um, I was chatting to, I chatted to our accountants, our solicitors, the banks, friends, family, um, and everyone was like, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. The solicitors were like, don't do this, don't, don't, don't do it, don't do it. Don't. <laughs> yeah. And the bank were like, we're not backing you on this, you'll never find a lender, it won't work. Yeah. And the accountants who I'd worked with for years, they'd been with me through my first failed companies and such, they went, look, we're advising you not to do this. We know you're going to. Because <laughs> we've to worked this. with you for years. We, yeah, know, yeah, you. Yeah, we know you. Um, and I sat down with Emma and I said, "Hey, look, you know, if we call it a day now, which effectively is what we what we're saying we're going to do, we walk away with X, um, or we can throw it all on the line again and we can just go for it." And she yeah. was like, "Well, you want to go for it?" And I was like, "Yeah, of course. Mm. Like, what else are we going to look do? at the numbers?" Yeah. Um, and she went, "All right, cool. Let's let's do that." So we did it, and friends and family were like, "Don't do it. This is mad. You can walk away with you know a couple of hundred grand yourselves. Why why would you take the risk?" So we did it. So we threw it all in, and then. Um, 
yeah, so we did that. And then we basically, I had a year in, in a bit really to kind of then get through the process, yeah. raise the rest of the money. And over that period of time, we were doing that, raising as much cash as we could in the bank. So we get to a year later and we're in the um, October, basically October, early November. And our accountants came back to us and said, good news, we've got a lender. The deal was horrific. It was absolutely, it was, it was awful. Yeah. It was such Double a high interest digits. rate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a huge high interest rate. I mean, it was a, it was a 28,000 pound arrangement fee and I was like this is crazy like this is mad but we had something that would have got us over the line but really put our back up against the wall so I thought I'll push back to the bank again so I went back to our bank and I said hey look we've here's our figures from the last year we've got um, you know everything's looking really good we've actually got an offer and it's a really really good offer and you know I don't think you're going to be able to beat it but I wanted to give you the opportunity. You've been our bank since day one. You know, you can obviously see yeah, what's going yeah. on. And they came back to me and they were like, yeah, actually, this looks all right. Yeah, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll do this. Okay. And they just turned. So that, and that's how we ended up sort of structuring it and um, had a few, a, few, a few sort of wobbles in there in terms of just getting things over the lines you do with yeah. buying heritage buildings and lending and planning of, of that, of that but level. But so many moments where you um, could have walked. And again, when we came to complete, we had 200 grand on the line but if we walked away, if we walked away originally, we probably would have walked away with about, I don't know, quarter of a million pounds. And then by the time we came to complete, even if we'd wiped out the 200K, we were then gonna be walking away with about 750,000. Yeah. So we'd moved so much in a year, yeah. about half a million. And um, so we did that and then it was like, well, no, let's put in. And the thing with the business, the way it worked was as soon as we bought, because the business was valued at zero because it was on a 30 day license. As soon as we bought the building and we owned both, yeah. suddenly we could release the value in the business and the value in the, biz- yeah, in the building yeah. and together it came into millions. So it's yeah. just like, let's do that. Um, and we got it through and you know, we, I, I, I had to transfer, <laughs> I had to transfer. I can remember going to the bank and be like, I need to, I need to do a, a, a chap's <laughs> transfer to our solicitor and like, how much? I was like 972,800. Really <laughs> and they were like, okay. Um, so yeah, transferred like million, million pounds out of in cash out of our accounts to go over and stuff like that and I'm watching the bank balance the next day but it was there and we, we owned yeah, the prison and, and again I, I documented it for three years I think it was the journey happened over um, we cut it into a four part series and put it up onto the YouTube channel so people yeah. can actually mm. see and they can see the emotion of going I've just turned into work and bloody our prisons for sale and, and there's moments yeah. in there where I'm like I've just met with the guys with the developers can't structure a deal I'm literally about to drive back to the prison and tell our staff that they've no longer got jobs and just great, like, all, all the way through great. the journey what's the book called? Um, I don't know I don't know <laughs> that's the one bit that's missing um, yeah, yeah, yeah. no I think I, I think we've got some names to do it but, but so I was, I, mean, I was grateful I sort of documented it all yeah, the little bits of film because we could just cut yeah. it so at the so moment yeah, there's something going on at the back is then front will be so yeah so we left we left the back with the developers they then played around with that for another year trying to get someone else to buy it um that didn't work out and eventually we structured a deal for the back so and it just made sense for us to buy it again what they wanted initially we weren't happy with we then and i got to that point in business which i'd always wondered where it was where suddenly we weren't under pressure anymore nobody could then dictate to us exactly what was going on so i was just like no do you know what we're not going to pay that for it we're going to pay this and if you want to accept it accept it if you don't sell it to somebody else and i don't have to buy it and that's very much what i said with them um and eventually they were like okay right let's do this because we want it off our books it makes sense you own it this is an easy straightforward process so we bought it and it was the simplest journey I've ever had buying buying a building um, in the sense of it was really easy. I rang the bank and I said, hey, look, we want to buy the back of the site. Um, 
and we spoke to a, a, somebody slightly higher up because of where our, our account then was and where our lending looked like. And they turned up and they looked at it with us and they went, yeah. And the fact they came to site, I was like, this, does, this doesn't normally yeah. happen. Um, and they came onto site and they went, yeah, we like the looks of this. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll fund you know, what you're after. And they did it and we didn't have to do any real finances for it, any business planning for it. They could just see the business structures. They could see the accounts. They could see the history. They knew what we could do. And suddenly we were in that world where it wasn't where the MHA were, which is you've got a proven track record. We yeah. know you can do it, so we'll take the risk. We'll take yeah. the punt. And and the lenders did. So we got that over the line from, I think, agreeing the deal to the actual purchase in about two and a half months, three months. It was uh, quite fast. Because of the house purchase. Um, yeah, it was yeah, because it was great. really straightforward to do. We, we knew what we were buying. The bank were quite happy. The sellers were quite happy. Um, and now we've got to figure out what we're going to do with it. But I was going to um, say, now you can concentrate on... The bis- on on, yeah. on putting those business plans that yeah, centre exactly. page dossier so, into practice because sometimes yeah. when you've got all that going on, all the administrative parts of that, it's very difficult to focus on future business because you're trying to deal with the day to day. That's it, yeah. Um, and um, and and we've got a you know I've got a director team that that very much work with with me and we work very closely together, sort of team of four of us. And one of them is a commercial director, and he very much is looking at the development now of this business. And I think what happened with Shrewsbury and it, it kind of swallowed me up without me even seeing it was I, I came into this very entrepreneurial driven. It was supposed to be a year as a pop-up and then on to the next thing. And the first couple of years were okay. And I don't know if I was saying this to, to a couple of the staff earlier, I was like, the first couple of years were okay because they were, although there were stresses and pressures, it was kind of like, hey, this is just, this yeah. is fine. It is what it is. I've got a pretty And then, yeah. And then the next five years after that was like, oh God, this is a, a real business. We're actually going to have to mm. like kind of make this structure this. And because it came about like that, I hadn't come into it going, this is how we're going to do it. This is what it's going to look like. This is the big vision. This is the journey. These are the steps. Let's just go do it. It, it hadn't happened like that. Yeah. So it kind of swallowed me up. And the next sort of four to five years was just loads of kind of just problem solving and challenges and just one thing after another, as every business owner will appreciate and any entrepreneur will appreciate, just, you know, one thing solves, there's another problem. You're just firefighting all the time. And um, yeah, and that kind of took me away from this, entrepreneurial mindset and I was just very much in operation mode and in the back of my head was always this burning kind of no you want to get back into what you love doing which isn't running a prison isn't running a tourist <laughs> yeah. attraction that's not what excites me at all and we've just kind of and I've said it a few times over the last sort of couple of years and every time I think it's that, it's, that, it's that godfather thing of every time I think I'm out they drag me back in <laughs> um, and that was it and 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 I've just sort of been I, I've been quite desperate for the last sort of 12, 18 months to get out of that day to day and get back to what I want to do. And the big thing we do with our staff and with our culture and with all of our employees is embed into them a, a, a really strong life and work balance, a really strong etiquette for wanting to do what you're doing and for loving it. And we move people around quite quickly if they're not happy in their jobs. And we do things like we run a four day week across all of our businesses. And the way our culture is, is all based around our people and about, helping them to drive things forward because they're the ones that make the business work yeah. I heard that on the and gate actually even with a couple of the younger staff yeah. I think they were going where were you yesterday because actually we'd like to move you to somewhere else today yeah. to try and which I thought was great yeah. even yeah. for such young staff yeah and it's just that kind of thing and, and somewhere along the lines that's got lost on me like everyone mm. else does <laughs> yeah, everyone yeah, else yeah. does jobs that they really enjoy hey Josh and, like a four day week I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> as yeah, yeah. like God. a nine day week yeah. that'd be nice <laughs> yeah, yeah. that'd be less what productions can you share us anything no, 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 no,
Uh, we're closed for three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> we're closed for three weeks at the beginning of June. We're closed for another couple of weeks um, at the beginning of July. So that's really quite different for right, us being yeah. closed. Yeah, it is. But then we haven't got the consumers coming in, so the general public will be open, obviously, for the summer holidays. And the tickets held, so, then, so you can't buy. It's like you get shoved onto the available dates. Uh, yeah, so effectively what we do is when the productions book in, we turn off the dates that they're in Fine. for, yeah, so okay. you just can't book tickets for those okay. days. And obviously we have to manage the walk-ins. It, it's, it's, it's a challenge, because the marketing team effectively have to slow down the entire marketing machine yeah. for the, in the period leading into a production and then start it again or, or accelerate yeah, okay. it coming out of one. Um, so it, it is a bit of a balance, yeah. but again, at the same time, it's such a renowned venue now for film and for TV. It gets used as the backdrop for so many things. That yeah. um, it is, you know, A, there's a, there's a commercial aspect to it. Um, there's also the um, branding and the awareness aspect. Um, and, you know, things like Time and The Apprentice and Celebrity Hunted that we're all here. Yeah. They're brilliant. We see huge spikes through the websites bet, and stuff. Yeah. We obviously yeah. see bookings increase, but, you know, it takes a long time, as, as you guys will appreciate from what you do. It takes a long time to build a brand and an awareness until you get to that, just that kind of time tick-over stage. Yeah, yeah, Every yeah. business has a yeah. tick-over. And but it's quick it to drop because there's an... Well, if you're not yeah. number one on TripAdvisor, somebody else will be. Yeah. So, you know, it is this... And then yeah. suddenly, the, the further down the pecking order you are, I mean, it's a continual, yeah, relentless game. It, it is. And, and so we've got, the, we've got those kind of things coming up at the prison. And then, really, we're, gonna, we're starting the development world. So we're looking at the back. We've got a £2.2 million development going into this place to turn the heating back on. So we've been <laughs> looking at heating solutions. We were in a meeting the other day. It was six hours long, and I, I lasted an hour. And I was like... I'm, Guys, it's really interesting, yeah. but I'm sorry, it's too much detail Send me the for notes. me. Send me the notes. It's too, too much detail. <laughs> and I just Send Lauren the notes. That's, one that's page, it. one page. So, yeah, so Lauren and Jeff, our commercial director, they stayed in the meeting for six hours, Houses. and they went through the detail of, like, you know, exactly how much heat's needed on different floors, how they're going to do it, the logistics. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm out. Wow. I'm done. I'm, I'm on something okay. else. And they just come back to me going, this is the solution, this is the price, this is the time frames. And then they work with finance, and, and we, you know, we figure out that journey. We'd really like to take over the castle, that's that's been on our list Whoa, and on, on our hit list for a yeah, long time. Yeah. Um, we've obviously spoken with the guys that run Soldiers of Shropshire Museum. They're the, yeah. the, the kind of the guys in there at the moment. They do a great job. Um, we would obviously do something quite different with it. We would run it as a castle attraction. Yeah. Um, and obviously they 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 run what they run. Um, we've obviously had some conversations with the council. Um, so, you know, that would be fantastic for us, but really good for Shrewsbury because we already bring in the hundreds of thousands of visitors we bring yeah, in, or certainly we're getting yeah, to those yeah. numbers. And our, yeah. our top number is about 300,000 a year is our plan for where we're going to get to Great. in terms of tourists. So being able to share that across to the castle makes yeah. absolute sense. And yeah. we are one of the only private prison owners in the country. There's not many people that own a prison. Um, and we're the only one that owns it and operates it as an attraction and as a heritage-led attraction yeah. where the building is, you know, the museum effect, the building is the business in a sense. And obviously we then we, um, we add to it with the servicing we do with the tours and the ghost tours and the escape rooms and everything like that. And we would just replicate it with the castle. Yeah. And the beauty is we can prove it, we can showcase it and we can see how it's done. And um, yeah, we've got other things we're sort of looking at in there, and I think there's a, a couple of other spaces that we'd like to work closer with, like the Flaxman and some of the other attractions. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I think really where, where Lauren's place is, is kind of freeing me up to at least start having those conversations yeah, yeah, and then yeah. she can actually step in and deal with the detail. And um, sometimes it, you it know, is, needs yeah. that community. But actually, you know, the reason we did the podcast was because there's so many brilliant people doing brilliant yeah. things in the county. And everyone it's assumes, great idea. Yeah. Yeah, everyone assumes that Shropshire's this kind of sleepy, lovely, oh, I don't adjust. rural yeah. backwater. And you're like, hold yeah. on a second, just because you might not know where it is. <laughs> and, you know, all these people we have on the podcast, you included, driven, ambitious, yeah. directional, desperate to improve bringing more people into the county you know with ideas that would stack up anywhere there's so much going on here yeah. that possibly initially we kind of came and going oh let's do a nice podcast in yeah, prison. It's number one, yeah, yeah, number yeah, one yeah. Tripadvisor, yeah. Uh, in terms of yeah. uh, destination traction um you're doing some really interesting stuff let's chat i think maybe there's just a because of time maybe there's a podcast two at some stage where, yeah, you know, sorry, once I'm, your book's I'm, out, I'm no, good no, at no. Talking. <laughs> no, it's not that. It's just that the, the, um, the stuff we want to talk about is exactly this. Mm. It's because because we want to find out what's going on behind the scenes, you, and it's not really the venue. The venue is as a, bleh, the venue mm. is as a result of yeah. your kind of efforts, passion, determination, mm. drive. Um, plus, it's things landing in the right spots. I never, I don't believe it in luck. Is, yeah. I'm not a luck-driven person yeah, at all. I believe in you work your ass off. Sometimes things work, sometimes things don't. But the more you're trying stuff, the more things will work. Yeah. You know, and you can be in a nice house with a nice guy. And no one's ever given you that. This isn't inherited. This is, you've done that yeah. and you've worked really hard, which I love, I, you know, I love that. And I guess now your next step, and maybe we should probably finish on this bit, is about you're now trying to help other entrepreneurs. That's part of the codes. It, it is, yeah. So, yeah, and there's some really interesting points there because I, I don't believe in luck either. And, and me and my wife always argue about this and it is probably one of the things we argue the most about because I say to the kids well luck's not really a thing and yeah, I say yeah. to other people luck's yeah, not really yeah. a thing <laughs> and it's, it's yeah um, and people are like no no it is it's like well if, I, if, if you win the lottery like but you bought the ticket yeah. and you know and I always sort of kind of go with you know it's just statistics in the sense of when people say about the lottery I go well what's your numbers and they'll tell me or they won't tell me I go do you ever pick one through to six and they go no I said why not and they went well, why would I because it's just it's as likely to come up as yeah. any yeah. other combination and they're like what and I'm like it's the same yes. effect theory um and uh, yeah, it's, it's just that kind of, you know, it isn't a luck thing, it's statistics. But I think what we're talking about here is it's about giving yourself the knowledge and the resources and the tools so when an opportunity comes along, you can grab it. Yeah. There's certainly opportunities you can make for yourself. If you think back to the prisons, the reason I got Shrewsbury was because when I had the knockback, it wasn't I knew Trevor, I didn't have a clue who he no. was, never heard of him before my life. It was because I was like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find out who these people are and I'm gonna eat them. <laughs> and I just, every single step of the way, yeah. I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. And then when I finally got to a point where I was sat in front of him, I was like, right, I'll put on a nice suit and I'll do this and I'll position myself to give me the best opportunity of making it, um, which is exactly what I had. And, and none of that was kind of luck. And I guess even chatting to Dominic, that was a question of kind of going, and he said, oh, that sounds a bit cheap. And I was like, oh, what do you think they should be? And he told me, I was like, cool, we'll yeah. do that. And, you know, I'm very happy as an entrepreneur to say that, you know, I don't steal other people's ideas, but I'll listen to so many people around me absorb it and kind of go, maybe that's what we should do. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of, 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 of being an entrepreneur is you can, you know, you let other people really come to their fruition and kind of start driving everything. And um, you become, uh, as an employer, you become, I like to think of us as, as we support and develop people as opposed to running attractions. They run the attractions. Yeah. My job is to make sure they've got everything they need to enjoy and be able to do their job. Yeah. So it kind of happens like that.